Steven, it's a new year. It's 2022. And I've got a big, fat, juicy wish that it's going to be a year full of fulfillment here on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. What do you think? I've got a big old sauce-drenched wish myself just slapped on my plate here in front of me. And I'm going to dig in to a whole nother year of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's going to be a big year full of winding down our rewatch of Community and moving on to whatever comes next for us and to be a part of it with us. There's so many ways to show your support. We've got a big old warm pool here for you. Come on and slip on your skibbies and slide down the ladder and dive in. How how can they get in this pool, Zach? If you put your toe in the water and it feels fine and you want to get waist deep, come join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the way to support this show and to help us move it forward as we move into the future. It's also the way to get more of us every week with our live pre-show every week. You can't just a pre-show and all kinds of Patreon exclusive content coming all the time, Steven. We'd love for you to support us on Patreon, but you can also hang out with us free of charge over on Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We are also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Also, if you would like to be a part of the show every week, you can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. To be a part of next week's podcast, write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for next week's episode of Community, and we'll read it out loud on the show. If you like what we do here, leave a review wherever you leave reviews about podcasts. Yeah, maybe like... The Sharper Image product review site. Leave us a review there. There's uh, like a box full of sticky notes at my post office. Write a review and leave it there. I hope you guys are jumping on board with us and you're ready to traverse 2022 with me and Steven. What do you say? Let's rip our way into another episode if you can't disappoint a podcast. Cannonball! <laughs> I'll put like a big <laughs> splat. <laughs> It's puppet therapy. Mm -hmm. The psychology world has recently embraced it after seeing it on Law & Order. You'll notice that each puppet is made in your likeness. They were a rush job. It's not like I had them on hand for personal use. <laughs> Excuse me, let me just grab this thing that's definitely not a whip. It's the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast show with our very special guest, Mr. Steve Martin. Woo! Woo! Hi, everybody. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I'm in a very chipper, uh, uh, animated mood because of what we're talking about today. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm rip-roaring ready, and there is a hand up my ass. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and I just ate a shit ton of George Costanza acid berries. <laughs> Nice. I'm Steven, and tonight our special <laughs> guests are... <laughs> See, I didn't try to do the voice. Kermit, Kermit the Frog. All right, everybody. Tonight our special guests are Sarah Bareilles and Jason Alexander. Yay! Uh, parts of best. that weren't awful. The guy who yeah. does the voice of Kermit the Frog right now is terrible. Like, it's yeah. too low. His voice is too low. Too low. That's why I can't do a d good Kermit. I can't comfortably I was gonna say, rest in that Kermit range. Your pitch was all right, but you've got a little bit... I I'm critiquing your Kermit the Frog voice now. I mm -hmm. can't do one, so I'm not going to try. Lily used to be able to do it really well. I um, it. Your pitch was about right, but it was too far in the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. 
and it had a little bit of like Simpson squeaky voice teenager going on. Sure, too. sure. Welcome to the program, everybody. I'm glad you've joined us. I want to give a shout out at the top of the program to our ten dollar and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are no, nope. She she canceled actually. <laughs> 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 That's never happened. That's amazing. Oh, man. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Taylor Ace, and Planeswalker Prez. We like all those people a lot. And over at the Patreon, you can get everything we do there on a weekly basis, like you can't disappear show, our live pre-podcast show. I just, I'm brain farting a bunch right now. Uh, And we've got something new to tell you guys about. There's something new going down at the Patreon, a new weekly rewatch show, me and Steven, every single week. You can only get it on the Patreon. Uh, We're watching something that's way more in Steven's court than mine. What is it, buddy? What are we doing over there? We're going through uh, the original Cowboy Bebop animated show right now, which I'm super excited about. It's been a lot of fun recording the first couple episodes. It's super cool because it is an anime, but it's kind of a super stylized anime that's kind of in a genre of its own sure. kind of being. It's super cool, and it's one of my favorite shows of all time, so I'm happy that I'm getting to go through it with Zach. Yeah, and we're watching through it, and if you, if any of this sounds good to you, like if you want a second once a week rewatch show with Steven and I. If you're interested in following our way through Cowboy Bebop, whether you've watched it before or you're an anime novice like myself, come hang out with us on the Patreon. It's a very good time to be doing it. A lot of stuff going on over there. And we got to shout out the man who, without his birthing hips, we never would have been able to begin this. Well, we should also tell them it's called Brokeback Bebop, everybody. The Cowboy Bebop podcast, Brokeback Bebop with Zach and Steven. Shout out to the hips and lips of our good old community papa (laughs) at communities on Twitter. (laughs) The hips and lips. That's good. Thanks. Thanks, Dad, for packing our lunches full of mandarin oranges and prophylactics. And a kissed headshot from (laughs) Daddy. (laughs) With our favorite baby blue lipstick. Look. Communities, they do all kinds of things for the community fandom. We love them very much, and they have really helped give us uh, the platform on which we stand. So thanks to Papa. Has we he sent us a message all in the a while about any of the things we said, or does he just tune them out? No, but I can't help but note that Papa has a very good track record of making birthday (laughs) greetings and messages for, like, everybody that's ever been involved with community or a community podcast. Yeah. And he just so happened to conveniently forget mine. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. If he writes your birthday, I'm going to be so f***ing mad. Oh, my God. Because I don't give a shit, but if if it becomes personal... (laughs) So yeah, shout We're out to We're going to start a third episode by episode podcast, but it's episodes of the show that Zach's going to create called F*** You, Dad, <laughs> where he just rants about the community's podcast not giving him attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on his birthday specifically. Yeah. <laughs> you, mean, you can, you can next squeeze year 13 when we, episodes when, out of that? Next year when we uh, uh, somehow 
get our way into like a Father's Day interview with him again. It's just going to be a confrontation about that. Like, so what's the f***ing deal, guy? Huh? Punk? Yeah, fight me on my own show, huh? <laughs> what do we need to cover before we get into the episode? How's your life? Anything new in the world of, of dancery and, and um, Stephen you Baker? You know, just... Same MD. old, same old, but I did, however, watch Cruella last night. Oh, yeah, you did mention you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought Emma Stone did a really good job. The okay. costumes were amazing. That was honestly the best part of the movie. The CG in, like, for some reason, the dogs were, like, completely CG'd the entire time. Like, every dog in the movie, which there are, like, a, Quite a at least few. a few. Yeah, and their they're special effects, and the special effects were, like, good on the dogs, but they were very clearly fake. And then some of the other CG they used in terms of, like, stunts or there's this one time, spoiler alert, where somebody's, like, parachuting into this water and, like, they land in the water, but it's very clear that they're not actually in any water. They're just standing. <laughs> and it's really funny. Interesting. So yeah. uh, I don't think you do the Letterboxd. Everybody could follow me at Letterboxd, uh, at Pruitisms on Letterboxd. Uh, but what would you give it out of five if you had to give it stars, um... including, like, half stars? 3.5. That's not bad. Yeah. Like, I feel like anywhere three and up is like you can it's and good. should mm-hmm. maybe watch this movie. Yeah. Then like four and up is like, this is a great movie. Because I rate on a one to ten scale from my anime list when sure. I watch things. And I critique them on in five categories. There's a science behind it. The Titties? Art, <laughs> the art, the sound, the characters... The story, and I give it an overall enjoyment one too, and then I okay. average those. Right. So, visually, jerkability. <laughs> yeah, visually, I'd give Cruella. So it's tough because like the costumes are great, but the special effects were not. So I'd give it like an eight visually. It would have gotten a ten because the costumes are that good. Hmm. An eight visually. So so pretty good. It's a great looking. But movie everything for most else of it. is pretty mid. The Sound doesn't really apply. It's a live-action movie. It's just the thing. But the accents were fine. Throw it, throw it a seven. What about they the score? Uh, then the, we're getting there, Zach. Uh, uh, I figured that would be sound, would it not? Sound, yeah. Seven. Oh, the score, the music. Yeah. Music was good. Oh, my the Soundtrack God. was great. So actually, I'll give that an eight. <laughs> so that's two eights. We're at two eights so right I'm now. I'm getting to the score. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> I was a music major in college. Next. Um, I <laughs> oh, man, that was um, Okay, fun. next, the characters. Characters are great. The main villain character was great. Uh, Emma Stone was awesome. The Her little henchmen guys were great. Um, I'll give that a solid eight. Ooh, we're doing pretty well so far. Um, story, good enough. It was fine. I'll give it a seven. Wow, then, seven is good enough. It was fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, fine would actually be six, but the story was a little bit better than that, so I'll okay. give it a seven. Um, and then overall enjoyment, I'll give it a seven. Thought it was good. So that's fourteen plus twenty-four. That gives me a, a great score of thirty-eight. And thirty-eight divided by oh five is seven point something. So, which would be about a three and a half. Yeah. That's how I got there. Well, there you go, everyone. There's Steven's <laughs> full, in-depth uh, <laughs> critiquing of a four, five-month-old movie that nobody's oh, talking about. Oh, it was about. also too long. It was like two hours, 15 minutes. 
<laughs> yeah, what is the deal with every movie being two and a half hours now? I was just uh, saying that. Don't Danny, look what up the f- was. What's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> don't look up was two and a half hours and had no right to be. I'll review a couple movies. I'll do it way f- faster than that. Um, I watched. Remember you go to the cinema. Ninety minutes, you in, you out. Popcorn I- was two cents. I watched Licorice Pizza on my birthday. The Usher the gave theater. you a handy. He was it was a nice really good, fella. but it's got a problematic pedophilic romance story at the center of it, which is pretty yikes. But the performances, especially Lana Heim, incredible. Worth checking out. P.T. Anderson, not one of his best. I'd probably put it, but really good. Like, I, I liked it about as much as like Punch Drunk Love, which I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also saw... Belfast, which is like a a contender for best picture this year, and it was very very good. Licorice Pizza four stars. Belfast four and a half. Really good. Belfast incredible. What's the best movie you've seen so far that's an Oscar contender? Would it Belfast. be uh, Tick, 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 Tick Boom? Only... Oh, I haven't even really thought about that. I'd put Belfast above Tick Tick Boom. Nice. And I really really like Tick Tick Boom, but Tick Tick Boom and Licorice Pizza are floating around that like four star area. Mm-hmm. I'm still waiting for a five star. I don't know. The next one I'm excited to watch, I think we're going to watch Come On, Come On, which has, um, it's about adoption, I believe, and it's Joaquin Phoenix, and it looks really good. Nice. Let's talk about community. We've talked about bullshit long enough. We're talking about season four, episode nine. We were talking off mic that it's nuts that we're pretty close to the end of season four already. Doesn't feel like we should be. No. It's wild. This is, it. I, I knew that this season was going to be shorter, but it's just flown by. It has gone by really fast. Episode 9, intro to Felt Surrogacy. Yep, the puppet episode. We've gotten to it. Just like Changnesia and a lot of other things, it's kind of one of those potential cringe touch points of community mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, oh, we'll get to it when we get to it, and who knows? And here we are. We're to it. We're going to dive all up in the Felt episode. The episode was directed by the great Tristram Shapiro, who we know him, we love him. He has directed more episodes than anyone else of Community, which is awesome. It was written by Gene Hong. This is his first and only writing credit on Community. And the episode originally aired on April 11th, 2013. Steven, let's do some trivia. Let's do it. Trivia time. Trivia! Can you do a Miss Piggy? No. <laughs> I'm not really a, me. I'm not that wasn't bad. Re- I I can do some voices a little bit, but I don't think I'm really a voice. Like I I, I, I only ever heard you do like in a, a voice unless you were doing me sarcastically. You just told me last week that I did a good Ira Glass. Yeah, but you I did. can't I can't really impersonate. I can get like speaking patterns and like pitch but i can't get like tone of voice and that kind of Mm. thing very well anyway that's interesting to no one i have four (laughs) questions i didn't go too ham this week i also have four questions we went the same amount of ham nice well why don't Mm -hmm. you throw me a little ham um what year of course actually flavor of the week is ham Ham. but uh, (laughs) obviously not good ham no (laughs) It's, it's literally like called ham. Actrivia, ham, but not good ham. That's yeah. the flavor. Um, my, my source at the company was telling me that the taste was inspired by, at Thanksgiving, like, after you eat all the food and, like, there's still a little bit of ham left on that yeah. tray, that ham, but, like, at 2 a.m. when they're, yeah. like, cleaning everything up. Was that the question? Um, false, I want to say. <laughs> um, what year was the library last renovated or created or 
considered state of the art. One of my questions, <laughs> but I do have to say I wrote it way better than whatever that was. Well, I realized <laughs> that I was changing it from how I wrote, and I didn't finish writing it, so I just had to ask it. 1989. Yeah, nice. Good job, Zach. We're both down to three questions. <laughs> What is the process of using too much rubber for awareness bracelets called? Rub gubbing? <laughs> it's not too far off, but it's not right. <laughs> I wonder what that would bring up if I looked it up on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> it's rubber flubbing. Ooh. Nice. That's hot, too. That makes it your turn. Um, when the group eats the berries, what does Abed's hand make? I don't know. He says, my hand made a rainbow and something, something, something. What does Garrett interrupt to try to tell the dean? What does he interrupt happening or what does he tell the dean? What does he tell the dean? What is he interrupting to tell the dean? Um, <laughs> uh, he is telling him that there's a fire somewhere. Uh-huh. You don't know where? In the... No, I don't remember. The cafeteria. Cafeteria, okay. That was that was a straightforward answer. Damn. Yeah. Damn it. That's okay. Shit. Just do better next time. Calm down. God. Um, how many acres were burned in the Greendale fire of 03? Oh man, was it fifty? Ooh, you're so close. Thirty. Fifty five. You're oh, okay. further away okay. now. <laughs> um No, that makes it my turn. Um <laughs> My last question for you. Uh, Okay, my last question for you. (laughs) What is Britta saving four berries for? Later on, they're like, maybe we should take more berries. And Britta's like, I've got some, but I've got four, but I'm saving them for... I couldn't remember what she was saying. I remember that she saved four of them, but I don't remember what four. Well, not the answer. They're for (laughs) Laser Floyd next week, which I imagine is a Pink Floyd laser performance. That's great. Sounds cool. Um, that's my last question. You got one that's more? That's good. Yeah. What does Jeff... What... Ooh, almost what I wrote. What was Jeff supposed go. to go to that he bailed on? Baseball game for yes, the kid of a girl Yes, his girlfriend's son's baseball game. All right. So let's... now he's just like his father who abandoned his actual family. Except not really. But I, I, yeah. I get the connective tissue. Let's move right on. We've got a shit ton of emails to go through this week. We have, we have an actual... F- Ton of so let's do it. Today. My email box is bulging with how many emails are inside of it. All right, our first email <laughs> is from our <laughs> our first writer um, is Communis. Hey, Dad, thanks for the letter. Um, why didn't you wish Zach a happy birthday? I did. Uh-huh. I even tweeted about it. I think you liked the tweet. Oh my God, that's f-ed up. <laughs> <laughs> What does the son of a bitch have to say? <laughs> Hi, guys. This episode gets a lot of hate, but the songs are catchy. Most of the hate that I remember comes from Annie's reveal. It seems to undermine the whole valedictorian runner for the season, and it goes against the character in general. As a bonus, I attached an image from the props auction of the bingo card. My MVP is the Dean. He has a puppet of Jeff holding a tiny whip. That's an easy win. Have a sure. great one, guys. Communities, Matt. I'm going to skip past the trivia. And look at the photograph here. What? Um, it's a it's a photo of the study group bingo card. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's uh, about 10 inches by 10 inches. There's a ruler next to it. Uh, there's some great stuff on here. Should I read them off, Zach? What, what the uh, give me are? a couple highlights. You don't have to read all of them. Um, Annie Gasp. 
Yeah. Let him finish. <laughs> Jeff texting. Britta mentioning she's a vegetarian. That's good. Shut up, Leonard. Nice. Nice. Abed doing the sexy eyebrows. That's a good one. The free space is, it says, hate U.S. inspector space time. Because that's mm. always the case. Nice. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. That'd be a fun, like, home decor item. You know, it'd be cute. Yeah. I guess. Right uh, above the shitter. <laughs> exactly. All right, here's some trivia. Um, what kind of strength does Pierce have according to Britta? I have no idea. She says he has, like, old man strength. I don't really remember that. Okay. Um... What's the first square Troy and Abed What's the first square in Troy and Abed's study room bingo? I don't I, know what happens first in the episode. I don't either. Shrug. Uh, <laughs> Next. <laughs> when was the library state of the art? 1989. Ah, f- we got that one. Yeah, okay. Hell yeah. Um old man monkey strength apparently. Ah. Yeah. Um Britta says open your eyes people. That's what the first bingo card was. Sure. And then 1989 was when the library was state of the art. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? 1989 is a good album. Sure. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. Just not really my kind of pop music. What's next? Who we got? Who else we got deep in that sack? Next up on the chopping block, we have uh, r.works on Twitter. Okay. Hi, r.works she uh they say hi i am r.works from twitter i'm sorry that i don't listen to your podcasts i just don't listen to any podcasts it's just not my preferred medium but i like them though (laughs) (laughs) and she says and i had to respond to this because i consider it my most unpopular community community opinion that the puppet episode is not that bad I watched the series for the first time four years ago and didn't know the culture around the show. So upon first watch, what I liked in the episode was the tune of the adventure song and hearing Annie and Shirley and all of them sing. And really, I feel like Troy's delivery of I caused the Greendale fire of 03, etc. is just so funny it's worth watching. Now that I love the show and have watched every episode like 50 times, I see why people don't like it. It's definitely not my favorite, but I just can't hate it. Thanks so much. Sent from my iPhone. I'm not going to respond to that message because they're never going to hear it. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for writing in. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> our, our dot works. I keep yeah. almost saying their name because it's in their email address. Sure. Does it say their address? <laughs> <laughs> Social security numbers on here too. Cool. Nice. Um, our next email is from... Jonathan Hobbs. Shouldn't he hey, be with Jonathan. Shaw? Huh? Shouldn't he be with Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw? <laughs> or, or nice. A Calvin, Did you see? Maybe? We talked about that awkward Instagram thing where. Fast. Oh, yeah. Vin Diesel asked Dwayne Johnson, back. he's my brother. And it's The Rock was God's like, plan no. for you to be in Fast and Furious 12, bro. <laughs> Family. And Dwayne Johnson was like, I might run for president or like be in every other I'm I've done enough for those. I don't like you that much. I feel like Vin Diesel is the new Steven Seagal. Oh my he's god. In all he's of been these, slowly morphing into it. He's in all of these action movies, but like if you look really closely, you're like, he's sitting down. <laughs> 
He's he's like <laughs> he's doing this while sitting down. He's sitting on a little chair while like shooting guns, and they just CGI the legs. <laughs> Zach, you know what I want to do again? Like yeah. more than we had so much fun on our Florida trip, but the thing that I want to do again the most is ride Fast and the Furious the ride. Well, thanks for the email, Mister Diesel. Um, if there's a, if there's a, a role open up because of Sir Rock's departure. Yeah, give me a ring. All right. It's about power. Um, all right, this email from Jonathan Hobbs. <laughs> what if we just moved on and skipped it? Um, <laughs> hey, Zach and Steven. I'm not sure if you got my email from last week. Starting to wonder if I sent it to the wrong email address. Yikes. Oh. Uh, I think he. I think we got it after we had recorded the episode that Oh. Because I do recall getting the inbox. Late to the party, I know. Jonathan. I know. We'll read it. At some point, um, not not out loud, just to ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, sorry about that. Yikes! Some random people are getting my thoughts on Sophie B. Hawkins, but I agree with your takes. Great episode, thank you. Um, this week is an episode that seems to divide the fan base a bit. I fall on the side that I personally like it, but I also know I probably like it for the wrong reason, which is to say, I'm a fan of the puppet gimmick. Sure. Huge Muppet and, Fe- and Sesame Street fan growing yeah. up, same. So this just brings back the feels. I love Sesame Street to this day. I'd watch that shit every day. Love it. I even dig the mediocre singing slash songs and the far too fast celeb cameos. I'm in. I know. I'm easy. And then like a little like slanted face. Um, there is the argument the episode doesn't really move the wider arc of the show forward very much, and I guess that's legit. Yeah, but even the best episodes perhaps don't move. It, it, that's yeah. not really a detractor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie's confession slightly sets us up for next week, and Chang's puppet tries to warn us that he's faking. Well, that's about it. But it also does enough right for me to forgive that. I think the Dean, while a little much at times, is hilarious, and the puppet thing kind of goes in line with what we'd expect of him. In fact, I think all the characters are still very much in character for this episode, something I wasn't really able to say about season four until last week's episode. I even thought Troy was decently Troyish in this one. I even thought it was a pretty brilliant way to have Pierce while not having Chevy. I don't think it's the strongest episode, but it also didn't waste time. The slowest moment is the silent opening of everyone, except Pierce, sitting around the study room table. It moves, so even the jokes that don't land don't hurt too much because they are on to the next thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Side note, I also love how there are a few moments, both in this episode and last week's, where they get a little meta and acknowledge some oddities about the show, like Troy talking about Professor Duncan. Definitely interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, let's see. What is the Dean's claim about what he removes from the Jeff Puppet's hand? Oh, is that when he's like, not a whip? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's definitely a whip. Yeah. Yeah. How many acres burn in the Greendale fire? Apparently set by Troy. 55. 55. Um, three, not really related, but Jason Alexander is a huge Star Trek fan. Do you know which Star Trek series he guest starred in? No. I'm going to guess Next Generation. Or maybe it'd probably be one of the ones after... Like there mm. were like uh there was like Enterprise or Deep Space Nine. I'm gonna say we're Deep like Space Nine. Something. Voyager. Okay. That's what I was thinking. I'm guessing Deep Space Nine. Okay. I will You already said next generation. generation. Yep. But... You already locked it in. You okay. can't use my <laughs> guessing to Actrivi answers. Oh my god, hold on. Okay. Jonathan gets extra points because I I didn't really realize this. 
it, for trivia, he put ack and then trivia. Okay. And then put activit answers. Okay. Let the record show that Jonathan gets 12 extra points for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Carol, definitely you not Carol, a whip. Got, Carol got it. The points for the record. She got it? Okay, yeah. Good. Thanks, Carol. Carol! Carol! <laughs> um, Voyager was the Star Trek that Jason Alexander was in. Okay. Um, MVP, Jim Rash kind of kept the ball moving on this one, so I think I give it to him. Okay. I also don't think he has the strongest lines in the episode, but Jim Rash just brings it and makes it work. So he's my nominee for this episode. Hope you're both well and are having a good kickoff to 2022. Blessings in peace, J.H. Thanks, Jonathan. I feel so blessed right now. I'm <laughs> I'm dripping in peace. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Next up, we've got a good old email from our friend Tim Tam. Howdy, Steven. Heyo, Zach. Okay. Nice. Another stupid long email. I've been writing these the morning of the show now instead of on my phone during the pre-show. Let me know if they're too much, please. Never too much. Um... <laughs> I thought, until I rewatched this episode, that I liked it a lot more than I actually do. The hmm. musical numbers really elevated it in my thought, memory. Wait, wait, wait. He thought, he thought that he liked it more than he does. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was just playing catch-up. Don't make it weird. You want some mustard? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like mustard. I like mustard. Uh, yeah. The yeah. musical numbers really elevated <laughs> it in my memory, but man, the episode itself was just not great. It's cool seeing Jason Alexander, and I watched yeah. a few episodes of Seinfeld after this to cleanse my palate. Nice. Wow. Trivia. What was it weird the... going back and all of a sudden he looks 20 years older in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, trivia. What causes does Britta have bracelets for, and what colors are they? Oh, my God. They? I almost thought about making that one. I know there's like six bracelets. There was yeah. some oranges, some yellows. Uh, I'm not even going to try There's though. a purple one. I thought it, you know, Tim Tam, I thought about doing that, but then I decided to be the bigger person because <laughs> yeah, I knew there was same. no chance in hell that Mm-mm. Steven, who usually does pretty well in trivia, was going to remember all of that unless he had yeah. also written it down. So anyone who decided to take that low road is a real piece of shit in my book. That's all I'm going to say. damn it, Taylor. <sighs> when was the library considered state of the art? <laughs> nineteen eighty nine. Fifty five? Yeah. Eighty nine. Um it's crazy how Sarah Burrells instantly took me back to two thousand seven when Love Song was the free iTunes song of the week. Nice. Oh, wow. That's a bop. Sarah yeah. Bareilles has been doing her thing for a while. I love Sarah Bareilles. And Bareilles. she keeps having like new avenues of her career that she goes down and excels at. And yeah. in a way, what she contributed to this episode kind of could pave the way to like her writing musicals. Yeah, honestly, I think so because in the uh, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. But she did say that you know this was something she was really excited about yeah. doing and branching out from. She just... went on to write a song for the SpongeBob musical, and of course, she wrote Waitress. Waitress uh, was great. Yeah, that's what you uh, saw, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I saw Waitress, and I performed one of her songs, too. I'm a big big Sarah Bareilles fan in this house. Nice. Simpler times, man. I miss my iPod classic. Anyway. You and me both, Tim Tam. I never Um, had a classic. I I was young enough to where I went right to the touch. Yeah, I had an iPod touch. That was great. I remember I jailbroke it. I was... I think I did too, but I then I never did anything with it, because the couple of apps I downloaded were shitty. 
Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's a reason why these all aren't all on the App Store. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't love the Dean's characters- characterization here. The, the premise of weird sex puppets is too weird and on the nose to justify the whole episode. And this Dean Okio costume might be the worst of the show. I agree. It's my least favorite one so far. Here's why the puppet fan. joke works for me, though. Just because uh, I, I buy that he has the Jeff one. Mm-hmm. And I love how all the other ones are like, so he made them yesterday when he got this idea. And yeah. then the Jeff one has been sitting around for a while. I do kind mm. of buy that. That kind of made me laugh. Yeah. I, I just don't like the Dinocchio thing. That I'm not for. And there's no reason for it. They said, Someone pointed out on the commentary, they made a joke that like, I like that in the Dean's mind, he was like... I bet if I put this on, they'll really open up to me, and we'll, we'll really. This is what this situation needs. <laughs> at least he's not dressed up in a dress, and like, at mm-hmm. least they did something different with him. Yeah, costume-wise, it's fair. Keep, keep defending it, Zach. Okay. Um, nearly everyone is I reduced like the to their most dumbed-down traits in the beginning. Jeff, handsome lead. Shirley, mom. Britta, activist. Annie, perfect student. Pierce, lifelong learner, Troy, sidekick, and Abed. I get that the magic berries are supposed to flip all those assessments upside down, but it doesn't really work for me. The lessons learned are pretty minimal here, as we already know that everyone but Abed has a messy dark side. It's not a surprise when we learn what everyone admitted while high. This episode really demonstrates the lack of Dan Harmon, and it's a shame. MVP is Ludwig Goranson. The songs, while not necessarily sung perfectly, makes this an episode worth watching, even if the story is lacking. The freestyle to Daybreak scatting at the end is catchy AF. Yeah. Um, funny moments. Let's just grab this thing that's definitely not a whip. It's so dark I can't even see the landing strip or any other nudie bars. Um, Puppet Chang having the Chang puppet on his hand already. That was funny. Um, Damn you, Vicky. I was a fan of that one. Damn you, Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> There's a fire in the cafeteria. Garrett, not now. Garrett, not now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the level to which we respect you as a political activist has not changed. Yeah. That was good. Um, next week is a great Jeff Annie episode, and I'm looking forward to analyzing that much deeper when we get mm, there. No, it Thanks. isn't. <laughs> 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 Thanks, as always, for reading my long-ass ramblings on air. Love y'all. Keep it up, and good luck on Brokeback Bebop. Thank you. Check it out, Thank everybody. Patreon.com slash Candice Podcast. The first episode's up now if you're listening to this. That's great. You know what that sound means? It's time to move on to the next segment of our... Or is there uh, more of that email? Answers <laughs> to the trivia. Yellow for Greendale Animal Shelter. Orange for global warming, dark blue for global cooling. I remember and global unidentified cooling. red, black, and teal bracelets. Um, nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Taylor also says, "Can't wait for T Swift to release nineteen eighty nine Taylor's version. It's one of her best albums." Okay, okay. Um, P.S. Beer is hard to mail across state lines, but I'll package up some bottles from our next limited release and ship y'all each a six pack. Late. Woo! That's points for uh, Tim Tam, too. If we gave... Yeah, uh, we gave Jonathan 12. Uh, Carol... Let's give Tim Carol, Tam, like, 15. I was thinking 50. 50? I yeah, like 50. Free shit, free shit goes yeah. a long way around these parts. That's gonna be a, a, a clean 50. <laughs> Carol, 50? Okay. Carol, yeah, put subtract, a... Carol, subtract three from yourself. <laughs> Damn, Carol, tough week for you. 
All right, everyone, it's time for Carol's favorite segment of the week. We're going to find out, as a divided country, did Steven watch the episode this week? Did Steven watch the episode this week? I thought you weren't going to do it. Yeah. For a cool flip on that, over on Cow- uh, Brokeback Bebop, I'm the one trying to do it in 20 seconds. And as you all know from this program, I don't often put things concisely. So it's a challenge, and it was a lot of fun. Steven, how are you feeling? It's the puppet episode. Do you think you've got a handle on it? I don't like that face. I honestly am not predicting myself doing super well on this one, Zach. Yeah, me either. But let's find out. Are you ready? Three, two, (laughs) one, go. Everyone's being really awkward, and the Dean's going to get him to talk, so he gives them all hand puppets to convey their feelings because he's law and order. Um, they're all puppets. They went to the woods, and they went in a hot air balloon, but they went to the hot air balloon, and they crashed. That's why the woods. Sarah Burles was their tour guide. Jason Alexander was there, gave them drugs. They all tripped and told a really bad secret. Then they didn't really remember the secrets, and they told them to each other so that they all felt good because Shirley had revealed hers to everyone. Um, and Stop. Chang- I mean, it wasn't that bad. A lot of the details were rushed, not rounded. Like, what? Jason Alexander, you know? (laughs) But you did touch on a lot of the things. I don't think it was A-minus confident. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be B-plus because of details given. Okay. Do you understand? Do you understand? (laughs) I suppose. All right, let's move right ahead. It was right better ahead. than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I, I think that fire is good. I could tell that you didn't plan shit or think about <laughs> shit for this I one never before. do. And maybe <laughs> that type of pressure is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's move right ahead into favorite funny moments. I thought this episode did have some pretty funny details and moments in it, some on purpose, some not on purpose. I wrote down three... Things. I wrote down Puppet Chang doing puppet therapy mm-hmm. when he's like, okay, give me a second. And then he pulls out a smaller <laughs> puppet. That yeah. was funny. I wrote down <laughs> Pierce in one of the songs. I was going to say that. Now I don't have a rhyme. That was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I – oh, I guess I just wrote down three. Uh, the Dean's Most Terrible Secret. When he's like, okay – at the end of the episode, he's like, yeah. it's my turn to say, I am not what you would call traditionally. And then they interrupt him. <laughs> I thought that was funny. What about yeah. you? Um, I had three different ones, but all those were funny. Um, when Jeff's eyebrows in general made me laugh. Yes, a that lot. was a great piece of puppetry. Jeff's really eyebrows, funny. good choice. Um, the puppet Troy falling asleep was really funny. So, that hey, was like a nice up. little thing. Um, and then Pierce not sleeping with Eartha Kit also made me laugh. Yeah. Hey, but he still pulled. They made out yeah. in an airplane, or uh, they, they made dry out in the in dry humped on her tour bus. Tour bus. There we that's go. still Eartha Kit, bro. Yeah, that's a win. That's still a pull. All right, so only thing left to do is talk about it. It's the elephant in the room, Stephen Baker. What do you think of the Community Puppet episode? Honestly, I didn't didn't really like it that much. Yeah. I thought that it had some good things. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I don't think it's the worst episode of the season by any means, but I think that it's kind of um, – a lot of the stuff was just okay in it, yeah. but the puppetry was great. That was really well done. Yeah, The songs I enjoyed, I thought they were fun. I love getting to hear Shirley sing. Um, Annie did a nice job too. I think that all the performers did a good job with their voice acting. I just don't think the episode was very good. Yeah, there are a lot of things I like about it. I think I like that they did a puppet episode, 
but the conceit of it left a lot to be desired. Like, I feel like this is the story that they decided to tell with it. I don't know. Well, because just because something is well done doesn't mean that it's good. Yeah, and I think, I forget who pointed it out, but that's the Dan Harmon missing of it, that the heart and detail is here, but Dan Harmon would be like, this has to have a connective thread, not just to the rest of the series, but it has to have a reason for existing. Like, think of how deep of a mental thing Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas was. Yeah. They weren't just stop motion animated because and this one they're kind of puppets just because i don't know because yeah i don't know it's a very season four homage episode because it's kind of just an episode that happens to be puppets i don't know let's just dive into it i i my feelings about it are very abstract because by the last time i watched it steven and i both watched this like 16 minute featurette which you can see on YouTube, and it's actually pretty cool. It makes you think more about the puppet performer side of things and how it's how putting this show together is for them, like the way underneath mm-hmm. the puppets, the way that they have to work to make this all happen. It was kind of cool. Um, I, so by the last time I watched it, I was kind of more on the side of it, but I think just from a technical perspective, I don't think it's because of the writing or the story or anything. Let's dive in. I think think the biggest thing for me that doesn't work about this episode is really the thing that starts it. There's this awkwardness between the group, which is cool to see. Something's clearly happened to them that's got them so upset at each other. What I don't like is that the reasons why they're not talking to each other are pretty stupid. Yeah, that... I did not like this opening sequence at all. It's one of my least favorite in the entire show. It does show. kind of make you, that. if anything, like, what's going on here? And It just if, made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's supposed to because they're uncomfortable. I think if what came next was like, oh, I, this is a new – it had to be – it should have been something really, really dark that happened between them mm-hmm. that now they – don't know how they can they're like all really embarrassed of these things that are like kind of embarrassing but no more or less embarrassing than the thousands of embarrassing things they've done together yeah uh, i i feel like it needed to have been f-ed up like they thought maybe they killed somebody like mm-hmm. w- okay what if a version of this episode what if they thought that they killed jason alexander's character when they and, were high on drugs. And they've decided that they just need to never talk to each other or about it ever again. Yeah. And then so it could better. turn out that they hadn't killed him. But I'd be like, if I kill, if Steven and I killed somebody together, which we have, that uh, one of the theories would be, well, we just need to walk away from this and each other. This didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that could have been an interesting thing. Instead, it's just Shirley's thing is dark. A couple of the secrets are kind of dark, but they're not... It feels a lot more like, okay, puppet episode, puppet therapy. I think the puppet therapy is a good idea. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it feels like the writers thought, well, we need to have some deeper thing here. And that they went with the first thing that they came up with for each character or one of the first things instead of something really thought-provoking like an episode like Mixology Certification or something could have done. There needed to be real trauma in this episode underneath the bright, shiny puppets because they give themselves everything you need to make that type of episode. The episode's about, Mm -hmm. like, therapy in a way, you know? And, And I don't know. And they could have actually done something with it as opposed to just like, oh, we all said that we did a bad thing and now we're yep. 
Yeah. It also feels a little bit like they're doing Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas again in that it's them around the study table and we cut to kind of like the uh-huh. imagination as they're telling the story. It's different enough. It's They're telling a story that's happened already. They're not like improving what's happening as it happens, but it yeah. feels a little bit like they're hoping maybe they'll catch lightning in a conceptual bottle mm-hmm. twice and, and they don't quite... What do you think of the Dean having all of the puppets? I, of I the think it's group? funny that the Dean has the puppets. I think the puppets themselves are really funny. The Brita one is really, really ugly, which yeah. makes a lot of sense that the Dean made a really ugly Brita. I love the Abed one. Then Jeff's just covered in muscles. What I didn't like about that joke when he takes the whip away and is like, oh, that definitely isn't a whip. He didn't need to say that definitely isn't a whip. We see yeah. that it's a whip. The joke that is that whip. it's a whip. It, that's one of those, like, uh, the sitcom audience isn't going to get it, so let's just say it yeah, out Yeah, it should have been like, ooh, forgot that, or uh, forget that was there, or something like that. You know, not like, you don't have to say all the words. I liked the bit with Chang and the puppet here, specifically the moment where they, well, he asks if they can have a candy bar or something, and then Chang's asking the puppet if if he has, he's like, you got money, bro? And then the puppet turns around, he's not what he seems. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Nobody even cares. Yeah. I guess this is the point. Let's do a little cha-cha-cha-chevy watch. He's not here. chevy watch. There's no Chevy to watch. This is an episode that I think some rewrites occurred to keep Chevy off of the set for these scenes to the point where I believe the scene in the puppet section later on towards the end, I think they reshot some things so that could end with Pierce not being with the group. So then later on when they filmed this, it would make sense. Uh, However... They mention right at the beginning, Pierce is gone because nobody's... I'm sure he's fine, although no one's seen him since we were all in the woods. And then they (laughs) never mention it again. No, they don't. I did see, like, maybe it was on YouTube or somewhere it popped up. It was, like, deleted scene, how Pierce got out of the woods or something like that. And it looked like it was, like, a clip. They just cut it out of the episode. Yeah. They didn't have time for it. But it's still... They don't even mention it. They're not even Mm -hmm. like, well, I guess we should go try to find Pierce now. It's very clear that they were kind of mad at Chevy and Pierce. Yeah. They just wrote him off as quickly and easily as they could. Which, I mean, it doesn't take away from the episode that much. It makes sense that Pierce would be gone and nobody cares. I think they did about about as good of a job as any. Yeah. To keep him out of it. I don't know. So something has happened between the study group. The dean is using these puppets as therapy to try to help them to uh, relive what they went through and to, to get to the trauma underneath it all. And it, it, when they say that Pierce has been gone because he's in the woods, uh, the dean puts together that something happened to the study group when they were all in the woods together. I like the Abed thing when he picks up the puppet and he's like, well, I guess I could try it. My father is withholding. He's like, oh. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that was a nice character beat. Yeah, that's funny. Abed's not too bad this episode. No, I like Abed a lot in this episode. I did not like this little section. What, the Jeff and Britta during sex jokes? Here's why. Okay. The Britta one was funny. Yes. The Jeff one was not. It's Jeff saying that he wants to have quick sex. He's like, unlike Britta during sex, this will be quick and something. As if he wishes Britta dignity. As if he wishes Britta were quicker, which is weird. 
that's Jeff saying he'd like to have very quick emotionless sex with Britta. Yeah, well, and also her boyfriend is sitting at the goddamn table right there. And then Troy's like... (laughs) And I do see, like, Troy, even though he's grown up, is boyish enough to be like, you showed her, Jeff. Yeah. Didn't like this. I don't know. The Brittle one made me laugh. It didn't bother me that much. The Brittle one made me laugh. I did not like the Jeff one. (laughs) I didn't like Troy agreeing. I'm not a fan of that little section. Okay. And you don't like Dinocchio either. No, what's the point? I think exactly. There is no point. The Dean... He's just Pinocchio? The Dean is just Pinocchio. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. I do see puppets, but it's a totally different kind of puppet. Yeah, it's a marionette. I think he should have been a Sesame Street. He could have been like Dean Bird or, or Dean Mo, or he should have been Geppetto. Yeah, that would have made more sense. I don't know. I don't know. I think Snuffleupagus Dean. I don't. Th- well, come on. We the Dean. Why was he a black and white lady? Oscar you know? the Dean. I, <sighs> it doesn't bother me that much. I don't think it's anything special uh i do think when he first started doing it the first time when lily and i were watching we both went oh you know but it's a little silly i don't miss know miss pig dean that was still been on that steven you're still on that right now miss pig dean would have been perfect. it took you that long to come up with miss pig dean <laughs> yeah i forgot about the muppets i was just doing sesame street and I ran through the cast pretty quick. So Abed, without much prodding, goes into their story for why they're not talking to each other. And then we're in the puppet world. Uh, now we're in the study group, but all the study group is puppets. A couple of things I like about this. I like that the rest of the people in the school are not puppets, even though yeah. I'm sure that's because of logistical reasons. They weren't just going to make a bunch more puppets. Mm-hmm. But I like that it's real people walking around and then the real Dean coming in. Although I feel like we were robbed a true puppet Dean, which would have been nice. Like, that would have been funny. A full-out puppet Dean wearing a costume would have been That'd funnier be great. Than, the, than the Dinocchio costume. The hair on the girls is great. All when the I was watching, even before good. I watched the little like short thing, I was like, "That was a comment that I made out loud." I was like, "Oh, they look great." All the puppets look Pierce's good. I really like too. the Pierce one, the shape of his face, and then they got the chin dimple. I really yeah. like how Abed has the long head, which mm-hmm. makes him feel really. They, they, there's a little bit of a. They could have done a little bit more of a Burton or anything with Abed and Troy, yeah. uh, but but Troy, uh, Abed definitely has a Bert thing kind of going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't care much about these jokes. It was just a regular scene behind the study group uh, yeah. to, to set up the first song. Man, this episode, yeah, it's – the idea of doing a puppet episode is super inspired. But there's not a lot of inspiration going on in this episode. No. I feel like they just did puppets and then came up with a colorful scenario. There's not a lot of winks and nods to actual puppet things no there's no references that i remember to the other than some slight ones like celebrity guest star interacting with puppets and the songs but no it's not very referential at all Mm -hmm. study group bingo thing doesn't do much for me but it, it, it brings up that the study group are feeling that they're stuck in a rut and they need to go do something exciting to uh, get out of this rut, which will bring on the first song, which we'll talk about the first song in a second, the adventure song. Uh, what do you think in general about the music in this episode? I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. And I literally just getting to hear Yvette sing 
is going to elevate any song for me. It I was noticeable. Was. Like, everybody else is singing at half volume, and then Yvette is selling and belting everything yeah. she gets. I love that the uh, tour group there. Also, why would there be that big a tour group for Greendale Community College? But it's fine. And they're just going to see Magnitude. Yeah. Well, I like that. I would go see Magnitude. That'd be an attraction. That would yeah. be enough to bring me to bring to Greendale, I bet. Sure. He's a big pull. There was a really awkward moment after Jeff says his last line before the song starts where it's just kind of like a quiet moment. And then the music starts. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of awkward. So let's talk about these songs. The first song is the adventure song. This is the one that Sarah Bareilles wrote the melody for and mm-hmm. recorded a demo version of it. And then they took some of her lines and then Ludwig like really put together the, the track and made it sound like community. None of the songs are particularly memorable, but no. they do all have pretty cute melodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I like most about this adventure song is when the melody goes the like, someone will go like, should we but da da and then Jeff goes, I'd rather sa-na-na-na. That's a really mm-hmm. cute little musical theatery songwriting thing that I thought was cute. Yeah. I don't know. The songs are cute. Not a lot to say about them. They just take up time. I am already feeling while we talk about this episode that maybe I didn't like it quite as much as I gave it the benefit of the doubt for. Uh, it's really pretty and shiny yeah. and fun to watch and it's cute. There are some funny jokes. And I don't think it's like what somebody wrote into us. I don't think it's because it's disconnected from the rest of the series. Community can do that whenever they want. They're really good at that. It's more that there's nothing really underneath this specific episode. You know, there's no intrigue going on. They decide mm-hmm. they're going to go on a hot air balloon during this song. And they, I don't know, it's pretty stupid that they go on yeah. a hot air balloon and that's the thing that they're all excited to go do it's kind of stupid yes i agree <laughs> but sarah Bareilles shows up as the as the balloon guide and really this episode completely wastes it's sarah Bareilles. yeah she sings like for three seconds <laughs> and you can tell and that she's really... really dedicated to what she's doing but yeah mm-hmm. she's in it for two seconds so obviously they all get in the balloon and Sarah Bareilles as a balloon guide is preparing the balloon, but the study group is stupid and they take off on their own. A lot of the visuals in this animated puppet world are something. It looks great. You think so? I think for the, the shot fact of Sarah Bareilles waving up to them from the ground here in a Well, second. here's what I'll say. I think it looks great if they're purposely trying to look like Sesame Street. Sure. But man, it it really looks because like, like this is like super duper super Sesame green screen. Street. It looks like it looks like Lazy Town in like a <laughs> Minecraft world or something. Those trees, look at that tree. It's oh so my God. fake. It's on looking. a Windows ninety five yes. screen. <laughs> that bit rate on the tree is so much lower than everything else. Uh, also, I thought it was weird that Chang shows up as Puppet Chang here for a second as if he was going to go on the balloon. I like the bit where Puppet Chang pulls out a puppet yeah. and screams through it to do puppet therapy. What I don't like is I felt I felt like it was setting up something that Chang was going to like follow them or like be involved with the story in any way, but he isn't. This is like the only thing Puppet Chang does, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, maybe he like overheard them saying that and he was like, oh, well, I'll come with them. But that's a Chang right, thing, as- not a Kevin thing to do. But that's a good point. And also, for the episode, 
I just feel like it introduces Chang to the storyline and then he goes away. Doesn't use him, yeah. They don't use him. Have you ever been on a hot air balloon? I've been on a tethered hot air balloon. I've never been on a hot air balloon. Is it cool? It's fine. I think it'd be cooler if you weren't tethered. Sure. I feel like it could be a little a little scary. I'm sure. Because like if the wind picks up, it could like get rocked around a little bit. This is one of those episodes that I could have done without them cutting back to the real world they as just often stayed, as yeah. they did. Maybe even they could have like narrated or something. Like their voices could come mm-hmm. up. But I don't know. It kind of takes you out of it. Absolutely it does. So they're all stuck in a hot air balloon. The puppets are. And Pierce. there's the funny bit where Pierce is trying to like push the balloon down <laughs> with his brute force. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Pierce pulls the thingy and brings them down or tries to. They're just stuck and it's getting stormy. That would be scary. I thought the line was kind of funny um, where Troy was like, if we made it to heaven, don't tell my grandpa about me and Britta. That is a little funny and very sad. Yeah. I like Troy's joke about like, I can't even see the landing strip or any of the other nudie yeah. bars. <laughs> that was funny. Mm-hmm. The dialogue in this isn't that great. Either. Yeah, it's not and very. Who invented puppety. gravity? What? Jesus! <laughs> it. <laughs> That's rough. It's not the best dialogue. They get caught in wind, and it's bringing the the balloon down really fast. And a joke that in theory should have worked, but doesn't really work. It's like they're they're falling down really fast. It stops for a second for Troy to make the observation that nobody's seen Professor Duncan in a while, and mm-hmm. then it goes back into it. It's just, it doesn't work like it should, and it's the type yeah. of cartoony joke that should work. Mm-hmm. It's the type of like almost Sesame Street kind of joke, but I don't know. Yeah. This one didn't make me laugh. Although it did make me miss Professor Duncan. We haven't seen him since yeah. season two. Really? Yeah. So for whatever reason, Jeff kind of knows what to do and starts pulling the thing to bring them down to the ground. And then we're back into the study room and the dean talking about it. This joke was kind of funny. The dean is like talking about feelings. Troy has to keep his puppet version up. That was cute. Mm -hmm. And they say something about the dean interrupting their story. And the dean's like, well, I'm sorry for picking up on your uh, natural lull (laughs) in your story. But how is it a lull when they just, like, crashed? I know. That was, like, that's confusing. So, like, they just, like, crashed a hot air balloon. That's, like, the exciting part. You would think so. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the we're in the woods. They've crashed in their air balloon. I like the way that the air balloon is, like, scattered and broken yeah, all over the Yeah, the set design is great in this episode. They, that did look As good. always. They, actually, you're right, because... And I mean, it's because it's a puppet episode, but not only is the set design good, but it's good in a different way than what they're usually doing. It's, yeah. It's a total different flex, and it does look really good. All of the outside stuff, I thought, not the Sarah Bareilles green screen, but when it's outside and just the puppets, <laughs> I thought it looked yeah. really good. Well, because they have to make like a All big- All of this is in a soundstage. Yeah. But miniature, like, yeah. Yes. So they're stuck in the woods, and uh, this is about to be where Jason Alexander shows up, isn't it? Yes. There's a rustle in the woods. They think that they're all going to be under attack, but it's a wayward drifter played by a full-of-hair Jason Alexander. It's great. Uh, A couple things. In the commentary, they said that, like, there's so much going on in production that you kind of let some things slide, and that this guy that Jason Alexander's playing was supposed to be, like, 
a hobo is supposed to be like really dirty and down on his luck looking but instead oh, really? he's just some like normal looking guy outdoorsman like, yeah he's like i've been living in the woods <laughs> he's supposed to have been like stranded like living in the woods for like years oh <laughs> jason alexander showing up with a full head of hair was interesting that's not a wig that they've put on him that's just what <laughs> jason alexander are was you serious at the time yes and You're for serious. a while yes from like 2010 ish to not super long ago uh literally literally it was like the tim robinson sketch where it's like to gradually <laughs> go bald with wigs because when he first started doing it he tried to do wigs that didn't just look like all of a sudden he had a full head of hair that looked like his bald spot was covered like so he like changed the wigs for a while there was no getting attacked by a monkey. They should have had a monkey run up during this one and just snatch it. But yeah, he's gone full toupee, but he didn't start just full toupee. And it's a decent hairpiece. Yeah, like, but why? But it makes him look so much younger than he ever did on Seinfeld. <laughs> I get why he'd want to have hair, but I mean, his whole character actor look is that he's yeah. the short kind of chubby bald guy. That's outrageous. I don't have a lot to say about Jason Alexander's The Woodsman in this episode. He did nothing to contribute to it. The only reason for him to be there story-wise is to slip them berries. Like with Sarah Bareilles, it's kind of a cool human interacting with puppet thing that you're used to on Muppet movies and shows. But his showing up here didn't do a lot uh, but to get them drugged. And also, Jason Alexander singing a puppet song isn't exactly something that I needed. (laughs) What do you think of this song? It's fine. My favorite part of it is when it gets all distorted when they start tripping. Yeah. Hi, Troy. (laughs) When Troy's like, so is that moose? That was funny. (laughs) And there's just a puppet moose over there. That was cute. Jason Alexander's acting during the song is kind of cringy. It's when he funny. does the Greedale is crazy. Well, he said in that video, that's <laughs> he's he's like, well, the I, if you notice, I don't close my hands because it's like I'm a puppet too because I'm in a puppet <laughs> world. Nobody asked him to be a puppet. He just decided he was gonna be a puppet, and he like is doing robot hands in the back and like acting like an amusement park animatronic because that's what he, he did did say that. Like. He did say my acting challenge for this episode i decided since they're all puppets and they can't use their hands then good old jason over here good old always had a full head of hair jason alexander (laughs) you may remember me as a man with a bald spot well you remember wrong these are obviously the hands of a man (laughs) these hands tell a story uh, so he gives them all trippy uh, acid trip drugs. And I do like the little acid trip segment, mm-hmm. especially because when they start showing them being all trippy, the puppet's eyes, their pupils start shifting and it's changing, great. which I thought was a really cool effect. Mm-hmm. All of the like trails that they leave as they move, real trippy. It's great. <laughs> Jeff's still texting. <laughs> <laughs> so the the woodsman gets them all drugged and up and it's like all right see ya <laughs> i love when it cuts back to just them like in the puppet world looking at their hands because we don't have the distorted view anymore now we're back in the real world and whenever we are i wish we weren't although i do love carrot coming in to say something <laughs> that there's a fire in the school <laughs> and the dean's like we're doing something important garrett 
Where was I? Oh, I was healing you. Go ahead. Now it's a little bit later in the evening. Something I like about the puppet world here, there's a little puppet squirrel. Mm -hmm. We had the puppet moose. Earlier we had all these puppet birds. Those are all really yeah. cute. Um, it makes it feel like – that's what makes it feel closer to an actual, like, puppet movie. Mm -hmm. They mentioned that in that featurette. They wanted it to not just be the puppets. They wanted to make it full, cinematic, and they did a decent job yeah. with it. Now the study group are all loosey-goosey, uh, kind of touching up on each other. There's a slight homoerotic moment between Puppet Shirley or Puppet Annie puppet. and Britta. <laughs> There's a part where Jeff's like, kiss each other. Did you hear that? Yeah. Uh. And this starts bringing up the secret sequence of the episode, which is really because so far what we've seen hasn't been anything spectacular, but mm -hmm. it's been colorful enough to keep you going. Now we're to the third act already, which got here so fast. Yeah. And we have to they have to do this secret thing. They have to bring like the real world. Well, what have they been talking about this whole time? And this is really what the episode hinges on being successful or not. And they do kind of flub it. Yeah, I think they do. I like Shirley's. Kind of. They take it a little too far. She left her kids at the store overnight, she says. She yeah, says that she... But that's at least something bad enough for them to think that people would be looking at you or wouldn't want to speak to you. All night, there was nobody who was like, hey, kids, I'm the manager of this store. We're closing <laughs> up for the night. Do you know your mom's name? You know what I mean? I would have much rather been like, it wasn't until I got home and had a couple drinks to calm down after seeing that that I realized I didn't have my kids or something. Mm -hmm. All night, bro? <laughs> Them kids know how to use a phone. They're like 15. This is the scene where they uh, had to refilm some of this to get rid of Pierce because Shirley is just telling her story and Pierce is like, all right, got to take a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say Shirley in this episode does a pretty good job, both in the puppet world and not. You can tell that Yvette really gives her all to the acting choices uh, to to match her words with the puppet performance. And to she puts a little lilt on her voice. She's the only one that puts on kind of like a puppety voice. Yeah. Her, Annie does a little bit too. But uh, uh, if anything, the only real world depth moment that this episode has is right here where right after she tells the story in the puppet world it cuts to shirley who looks absolutely heartbroken and embarrassed and everyone is kind of thinking of her a little bit differently because of the story it's pretty bad also zach uh to clarify shirley does say all night not overnight which implies maybe no all night all night is not part of the night all night is all night but it's not overnight but what do you mean? <laughs> like she didn't go home and sleep and then come back. All night is I stayed up all night. It's now morning. Yes, but I think she's she's exaggerating a little bit with the word all. But now you're rewriting it to prove a point. No, all she said night all. means all night. Zach, she did not leave her children in a grocery store overnight <laughs> but she left them, she there left them all, all night. night all night implies past the closing of the store and but how all night they stay there that's what i said you I'm, think she went home and slept you're picking a fight with the wrong person steven that's <laughs> hey, why i had hey, an issue with hey, the you. line how in the she, first place <laughs> also it was weird how shirley was like judge judging me like judy you know judge judy she judges people. Pick your moments to make a judge yeah. Judy joke. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Shirley. Christ. 
I also like how the study group are like, oh, so no one remembers the secrets that we told but us? We're all good in the clear. <laughs> and Shirley's yeah. obviously miserable. That was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Annie is starting to tell her secret. You guys don't remember that I trail off from time to time? Yeah, I think Shirley's I like is line. bad. Annie's is bad. <laughs> Troy's is pretty bad. But all of their things, how are they? they can't, they don't add up to what the episode builds these truths about these people to be. It needed to be something that like reveals something new about these characters that's bad. Annie's is pretty bad. I don't know. <laughs> Zach, she let her old man <laughs> professor rub her feet to get a good grade in history. But I if anything that shows that the professor is bad, not that Annie is bad for like willing to take advantage of what people are throwing at her. The professor shouldn't have accepted. I'm sure Annie didn't come up to him and say, <laughs> I gotta rub my She feet. didn't say all feet. She's <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was like, hey, I'll do this. I'm pretty sure the professor had to be putting some shit down. And Annie was like, well, will you help me out? You know what I mean? Yes, but I'm saying that Annie. <laughs> okay, this is going to sound. It sounds bad in my head. So yeah. I shouldn't say it. Well, yeah. no, let it out. Let it out. I just feel like she this is feels place. a lot Get your of puppet shame. Out. Get your puppet out. Say it through a puppet. Oh, my Darth Maul's not in reach. I have several stuffed things I could grab, but um, I think <laughs> some of them living, some of them Several not. stuffed things. <laughs> uh, I feel like she would feel a lot of shame about this and then expect people to look at her that way. Sure. I'm but I, like almost, I almost think that the study group would be like, We've got to tell everybody that the teacher did this so they can get him out of here. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you had to go to that. You know what I mean? I don't think they'd be like, <laughs> I don't think they'd be mad at her. <laughs> For our audio listeners, Zach just made a really funny face. I think uh, they should have had, they should have added a little scene in here where Pierce goes up to Cornwallis and tries to strike up the same kind of deal. <laughs> That would have been hilarious. I heard you like the piggies. Because I'm sure Malcolm McDowell would be okay with being... Just have the old white yeah. men on set only with each other at the same time. There you go. It would have been kind of funny if the conclusion of the episode was just, all right, we're good. Shirley's miserable. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> oh, my but, God. But, yeah, they have to all give up their secrets. I will say Jeff's secret is pretty big, but I don't believe I don't that think it it's... happened. Because we don't see Jeff dating people. Ever. We don't see him dating people extensively. So he's Maybe supposed this is to. Maybe when have... he was a lawyer. You think so? I was thinking the way that they told it made it seem more recent. It did. Yeah. But I think it's from a while ago. Okay. I don't think his is, is that like egregious, though, that they changed their view of him. Seems like something Jeff would do. I don't know. Like, the Annie's thing is out of character. Shirley's thing is out of character. Is, okay, I don't think the Annie thing is out of character. To let 
Malcolm McDowell rub her feet. It's out of ca- it's out of character for her to need to do something like that to excel at school. But she, more than any other of the females in the group, has always been like think when she and Britta did that protest and she was the one like sure. unbuttoning her thing and and rubbing around in oil. She's always mm-hmm. been willing to use the attention that her body gets her to like because she's young and naive and doesn't mm-hmm. know that that's negative attention all the time. Yeah, she's a little bit older now and is able to be like. Well, now I can use that to my advantage, but I don't feel like it's completely out of character other than her needing answers to a history test. Sure. That's fair. You know who wrote the melody for the song where they all tell their secrets? Who? Adam Levine. Wow. Yep. Big git. At the time. Britta's secret is... Uh, both really big and not very big. It, Britta is the type of person that would be like, you guys did all this stuff, will I vote for The Voice? Mm-hmm. But it is a big deal that she's complaining about stuff all the time, but is one of those people that complains and doesn't vote. That's pretty yeah, annoying. I think that's a lot of people, yeah. It's not exactly like the biggest crime in the world, but it does like uh, say something about your true character mm-hmm. if you'll be an armchair expert but not do the sure literally easy little thing that you do have a say in the way abed's jaw drops when annie tells her secret right choice is really funny i do kind of <laughs> agree great. that this is the most troy troy has been in a little while yeah i think it's a decent troy episode i just wish man they could have done so much more with the puppet concept there should have been a whole troy and abed goof around there should have been puppetry. This episode does not take advantage of the puppets in the way that they should, and the story itself is lazy. Uh, it's it is disappointing. I, I would have liked a lot more out of a puppet episode. That being said, since it is a puppet episode, and I like puppets, and I kind of like what they do with it, I'm not like off put the entire time. No, but it is a little disappointing. Yeah, it just doesn't reach the potential that it probably could have. If they'd taken some different direction. I agree. How old would Troy have been in 2003 when the fires took place? He was 18, 19 when... He was like 18 the first season. Mm -hmm. This is season four. This is four years. He's like 22. And this is 10 years after 2003. He would have been 12. Wow. He started the Greendale Fire of 03 when he was 12 because he burned an anthill. That's funny. That's a character (laughs) bit that I believe. Yeah, totally. And then the balloon guy just shows up out of nowhere after they all tell their secrets. And is like, all right, guys, let's go. And nobody Mm -hmm. thinks, oh, Pierce is taking a shit out there. We should wait for Pierce. Yeah. No, he's just singing about Eartha Kitt to himself and not noticing that everybody's left him. They're just bonding. And they're like, all right, bye, Pierce. (laughs) Oh, And then it's cheesy as shit that now they're all back in Mm -hmm. the real world. They're done with the puppet thing. They're all smiling and googly-eyeing each other. They did it, guys. The study group did it. (laughs) this is an empty episode isn't it yeah this is empty and i don't really believe that the only thing that makes community so successful in its first three seasons is dan Harmon because they don't automatically get all of it back when he comes back in season five and six just because i know some things about dan Harmon, i don't think he's the best guy in a lot of ways he's very creative he's really good at what he does 
But his team around him certainly contributed to that just as much as he did, if not more sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I don't exactly think that the only... Because I don't think season four has been a resounding Dan Harmon would fix this. Correct. I think this episode, though, he might have. I think if he was in the room for this episode, he would have had a twisted take on it that would have made for a much more interesting episode than one that literally has always, to me, just felt like, we want to do a puppet episode, so let's do a puppet episode. Yeah, absolutely. I never feel that way about the homage episodes, except I do kind of feel that way about G.I. Jeff. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a better episode and has yeah. more of a grounded storytelling, totally. character-based thing underneath it. Um, this episode's just flashy and really not even as flashy as it could be. So, yeah, everyone's happy. They're all getting They're all along, saying, nice things. saying how much they love each other. And they don't even, like, they really put off all of the things that the people say. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, whatever. It's and he's fine. like, you don't care that I sold feet for tests like no of course <laughs> it wasn't even for a grade it was just for the answer for the test like that was like a one-time like help the political activist line is funny she's mm-hmm. like and nobody respects me less as a political activist and they're all able to be like yes you know what certain things about this episode remind me of which is something that i love very dearly that if you don't know about it you should check it out the broadway musical avenue q oh i don't know that it beat wicked for the best musical tony when it came out oh shit It's a puppet musical where the actors performing the puppets are on stage with the puppets at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's very Sesame Street inspired, but very dirty. And it's about like Avenue Q is like the grungiest street in all of New York and all of the characters that inhabit it. Their superintendent uh, is is Gary Coleman and it's played by a woman playing Gary Coleman. Nice. Uh, and there's song and there's lessons in the songs and the songs include um, everyone's a little bit racist. Uh, the internet is for porn. Uh, it's a really 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 funny show that's very adult and does have the puppet cute things that this episode didn't have. I don't know if you're not familiar with Avenue Q, you should check it out. It's very good. It that be wicked for I'd the Tony. That. That's crazy. It's incredible. It's really good. It's one of my favorites. But that's the end of the episode, right? The Dean tries to tell a secret and everyone's like, all right, bye. I do like the last Dean bit where he's like, once again, what do I get out of this? (laughs) I'm alone. And then he like hallucinates the puppet Jeff coming on to him and saying, you don't have to be alone. (laughs) That's a good bit. Yeah. That's a good bit to end the episode in. And it makes one last great use of the eyebrows they built for the Jeff puppet. The eyebrows are such a great, great little bit. And then there's absolutely nothing to say about this in tag here now that the episode's over, other than this is one of my favorites. It's really good. I really, really, really like it. Uh, we always hear the daybreak melody. It's cute to do like a them. A lot of shows have done the thing where like all the characters are sitting back and someone starts tapping a pencil and then one mm-hmm. by one they're all like adding to this song. Yeah. It's really cute. The fact that it's the puppets makes it even cuter. I could just listen to this and be happy. It's definitely my favorite season four end tag we've gotten uh, up there with like the Let's oh, Potato sure. Chip commercial. It's a good one. And Steven, that's it. We've done it. We've tackled the puppet episode. And I think the best I felt about this episode was right after, right before we started digging into it. Yeah. Now that we've dug into it, there's not a lot to dig into. It is fun, and it's 
one of the season four episodes, I would put this on before a handful of the other season four episodes. Certainly. It's very watchable and fun and silly, but I can't think of a, a an all-out community homage episode that I would put below this one. Can you? Not off the top of my head. Yeah. I think most of the time they do a much better job of actually like now there are probably 10 15 episodes i'd put below this one Mm -hmm. but as far as the homage episodes go it's very low like it's very low tier for that yeah but let's wrap it up with an mvp i'm excited to see who you're gonna pick for this one i had a little bit of a wrestle with it so i i had some trouble yeah but i decided at the end of my last watch through the person who i enjoyed the most throughout the episode was Shirley. I think that uh, Puppet Shirley was great. She was adorable. I think she had the most emotional resonance of anyone with what was going on. Um, and her singing is just incredible. So Shirley Shirley gets the MVP for me this week. I picked Shirley as well. No way! I, had, I absolutely did. I had a little bit of trouble, and then all of a sudden it hit me that it's clear that Yvette is having so much fun with the voice acting and the singing. Shirley gets the only, like, truth that has any emotional resonance. Yeah. And Shirley, the character, is the only character, bar maybe the Dean, that makes the most out of the, the puppet conceit of the whole episode. Yeah, uh, I think I if really there had been it. a puppet Dean, and if Dean Nokia wasn't a thing, <laughs> the Dean might have gotten it for me. Yeah, I don't even give the Dean an honorable mention because it's... We're at the point that we're kind of spoiled by the Dean. The Dean is mm-hmm. so good all the time that, especially in season four, he has to be really good to get an MVP. And yeah. I think he's at least going to be in the running for an episode in a couple weeks. Mm. But that's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for bearing it through with us, the puppet episode. Tell us on Twitter uh, if you like the puppet episode and why. If you're one of those people that really defends... That's what surprises me. It doesn't surprise me that people hate it or that people like it, but it surprises me that there are people who really go to bat for it. Really? You know what I mean? It surprises yeah. me that people are that into it, and I would love a explanation from someone who absolutely loves this episode. That'd be great. And as we wrap things up over here, next week we're talking about Intro to Knots. It's an episode that we've touched on before when we did our Christmas special our first year. I'm excited to see how I think it holds up, how I think it compares to the rest of the season. And if you'd like to be a part of it, you can email us in your trivia, your episode MVP, and your favorite funny moment over at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. And if you like the show and you want to help us take it further and want to get a lot of extra content out of just a few dollars, patreon.com slash podcast. Starting at $5 a month, you can support us and get now two shows every week. We've got our live pre-podcast, You Can't Disappre show, that we perform live every week. And then we put it back up as a video and audio podcast. You could watch all near 50 of those now. And now wow. we're starting... Brokeback Bebop, our Cowboy Bebop rewatch podcast, every Saturday. The first episode's up now. It's the beginning of a new month. It's always great to start Patreon towards the beginning of a month because no matter when you sign up, the next month they'll charge you on the first. So we've got a new project that's out at the top of the month. It's the beginning of a new month. A great time to hop on. Yeah, come hop on the show. You know, hop hop, hop aboard the... The the, Brokeback Bebop. The Brokeback Bebop. And that show, uh, much like its name, is fully uncensored. So if you want to get the the absolute 
raw dog Zach and Steven experience. <laughs> and boy, Broke is back that doggy raw. And patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast is the place to do it. Steven, where else can the people find us? They can get at us over on Twitter, as mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you can find us on Twitter over at you can't disappoint. We are also on Instagram under the name Can't Disappoint Podcast. We're on YouTube and Facebook under the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Come chat us up, like, subscribe, just obliterate that subscribe button. Tap the bell to get notifications. Notification gang, where are you at? I feel like we need to end this podcast before we sign off with with telling some sort of most terrible secret about ourselves. And what's come to mind for me is... I've never watched an episode of this show. I've just read it on Wikipedia. Nice. What's yours? This show? Community. Um, <clears throat> I've seen every episode, but only the Russian dub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter, um, um, it's always great to use your feet as an excuse for free stuff. I'm yeah. Zach. I'm Steven. We love you very much. We'll see you next week. Toodaloo! Woo! Yay! Kermit the Frog! <laughs> oh, thanks everybody! Great show! Kermy. Oh. <laughs> Kermy! Waka waka! <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know. Dreamers. <laughs>